Day, my friends. Hi, folks. Doing today? My name is More Truth, and welcome to episode 12 of Moro's podcast. Last episode, we talked about some streaming topics, and it was cool that we got to learn more about how it is starting out streaming, as well as some games out there that are popular, but not necessarily playing those games, but just play what you enjoy. That was pretty much the summary of the last episode. But this time, we're going to be talking about Gamescom. There's plenty of stuff so far that's happened. By the time we upload this, during this recording, we're like halfway there into Gamescom. So we're not going to be able to discuss every single thing that happened at Gamescom. So we're just going to talk about stuff that's happened so far. So before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and introduce the guests. So the first guest we have for today is Ninja Natwood. Hello, thank you for having me. No problem. And the second guest we have is Saturday. Hey there, nice to meet you. I'm Saturday. And lastly, we have Aaron Borg. Hey, thanks for having me. Nice to see you all. Alright, so before we actually get into the topics, let's go ahead and get to know what these folks do. So we're going to go ahead and start with Natwood. Well, uh, I'm Natwood. Uh been a passionate gamer for about 10 years now. Uh, I do a little bit of gaming journalism here and there, uh, stream occasionally, make a few YouTube videos pretty sparsely, but uh, yeah. All right, how about you, Saturday? What do you do? I'm currently starting out on YouTube and making Let's Play videos. Uh, right now I've started humbly, but I'm planning on making various of genres video games. All right, cool, cool. So we have a couple of folks with gaming backgrounds. And how about you, Aaron Board? Hey, yeah, I'm uh, Aaron Board Illustration and Gaming. So uh, my channel is all about all things art and all things gaming. So uh, yeah, I try to cover as much as I can with what I've got. And hi, guys. My name is More Truth. I do vlogs, I do gaming, discussion, storytelling, and podcasts on my channel. And I stream sometimes as well. So that's in case if you folks are new to the podcast, you get to know a little bit about me too. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to go ahead and start with the first topic for Gamescom, which is, I mean, we're going to go with each topic based on the devs. So first, we're going to go into Sony. Yeah, well, uh, so far, um, the biggest uh, announcement Sony has made would be on Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which um, among, do any of you know when that launches exactly, or, ha or has it already launched? It launched already. Um, I'm right? not sure. I think it launched last night. And then so, uh, Gr Gran Turismo Sports. Yeah, the uh, okay. Gran Turismo Sports is meant to be a huge one. They're trying to compete with uh, Forza, aren't they? Um, and there's a lot of uh, talk about that it's meant to be a great game. That was the racing one, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember a, a themed PlayStation Four for it specifically. Yeah, okay. Are you doing a remake or are they doing another one? Forza. Are you just doing another one in the series, or are they doing a remake? Yes, it's a new one in the series. Oh, okay. Okay. I just know about the the racing games because I've I've seen people play the demos. Like you know, you go to a Target or something. I mean, that's how I know about it. <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy did launch last night, just so that we're, we're clear on that. Yeah, but, last uh, night as in the 22nd, yeah, yeah the August 22nd, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gran Turismo, um, how many games have there been in that series? I've only played a couple of them. 
but yeah, they're it's basically supposed to be their competitor Forza, I believe. Yeah, it's around about seven, isn't it? I think that's roughly the number they're on. Um, it's probably more than that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, they're trying to compete with Forza um, because Forza have had some great advancements in uh, the racing game series. But um, yeah, this Gran Turismo Sport is meant to push the graphics to the limits and the car capabilities. It's meant to be really good. Okay. So looked it up and looked like they're right right around ten or twelve Gran Turismo games. So quite a lot. Uh, first one came out in nineteen ninety seven. Oh, they've wow. been long. They've been around for a while. Yeah, I wasn't. I'm not super well educated on racing games because uh, I generally stuck at them. But uh, yeah, uh, this definitely is something I'm going to be interested in. Uh, I, I'm definitely. I do like uh, racing games generally because a lot of the time, uh, if you look at Forza, uh, they tend to push very good graphics and good gameplay and i tend to like um graphically good games um than when they view the world more realistically i mean yeah that's how it is with console games they try to push more towards the graphics side of things that's what i've noticed yeah i played the last couple forza games and i was very impressed with the graphics um so hopefully they this will be pretty good uh, the uh, release date is set Horizon. for October 17th of this year. Yeah, in terms of uh, racing games, like if you look at like uh, Forza Horizon, um, it's open world. Uh, you know, you drive around, it's, you know, almost like an yeah. RPG kind of game. And it's purely based on uh, vehicles, um, which is a, quite an achievement compared to some of the first uh, racing games on uh, arcade systems or PlayStation One, where it was 2D, you know, down one track kind of motion. Yeah. Yeah, Gran Turismo has definitely though a lot of competitors this year because uh, apart from Forza, they have also the Crew Two, I believe, and Project oh, Cars. Also, yeah. I I think, but I'm not sure about Gravel as well, which is coming out. Mhm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's a lot of competition in that realm this year, more than I can remember in a while. Yeah, racing games are picking yes. up this time. But also the, the Need for Speed, I believe we're jumping ahead a little bit, but Need for Speed was announced too, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Need yeah for I was Speed. thinking I'm not exactly about sure that. which one. Yeah. Well, they've been kind of silenced ever since Underground, and they they haven't beat it until now. So we'll have to see how they do with this new installment. Yeah. Back to what Aaron was saying about the open world element of these games. That's the part that I've been most impressed with over the years, because tends to be a. Uh, I don't know. For me, um, when I think of a racing game, you know, you typically just think of kind of you know having races, but then when you add the open world element. And, you know, you can just kind of go around doing whatever you want. You want to go, you know, just crashing into other cars. That's great. Uh, you know, whatever, you want to, yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah, it sounds like Grand Theft Auto or something. <laughs> yeah, I believe that the new Need for Speed, I believe it's called Need for Speed Payback. Uh, I believe, I, I heard someone say something about in the open, there's going to be an open world element where you can actually get the police involved, which definitely would add a new gameplay element. Uh, they already did that in uh, Need for Speed Rivals. Um, yeah, but that was a while ago. It's I mean, open world like as well, so you can... Uh, that one was last gen. Stuff. Didn't that come out on like the 360? Uh, no, it's on um, Xbox One. 
and uh, oh, yeah, really? I think PlayStation Four as well. Yeah, I haven't really been I haven't really been paying attention to Need for Speed for a while. The last one I played was uh, like last Need for Speed game I played. Dang, what was that? It was like three sixty something like that. Yeah, I haven't been like a huge fan of racing games. I just know like a little bit, but not not a lot. I haven't been a huge fan of it. So yeah. <laughs> Hot so Pursuit, that's the one I was I played on 360. Okay, so what other um, games that have been announced so far in Gamescom for Sony side of things besides um, racing games outside of that? Uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy was uh, also announced for Sony. Um, so where does this take place in the Uncharted series then? Is it a prequel? Because um, the protagonist is, I can't remember her name, but she's in the second one. Uh, yeah, I don't remember her name either, uh, but she was, uh, you know, one of those characters that was hanging out with Nathan for a while, and then we kind of lost sight of her, so, uh, but yeah, uh, the game she was in was great, I really liked her in that game, um, and then the other character, uh, I also forget her name, I believe that she was one of the antagonists in the Uncharted 4. Uh, I haven't played Uncharted 4, um, me neither, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, the Uncharted series has always been great, and um, in terms of Sony making games, uh, Uncharted is something that they do strive in, and they should keep doing. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Uncharted has to be one of Sony's greatest assets right now, as far as uh, storytelling. Um, you know, with uh, Uncharted 4 apparently being the last game with Nathan Drake, I think that the uh, that the move that they're making with expanding the Uncharted universe with other characters is a very smart move. They need to be careful, though, because you do come for Nathan Drake. You know, you do uh, yeah. get used to a certain character and you expect to see them. And if you remove that character, you can lose a lot of interest. Um, so yeah. Yeah. they just need to be careful with that. With the I think as long as the... Gameplay is sound, which I think you know they tend to stick with kind of the same gameplay mechanics ever since the second one. Yeah. Um, as long as they stay sound and the storytelling remains very seamless and a good story, then I think it's going to be fine. Although you know, part of a good story is good protagonist and good antagonist. And yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, storytelling. Yeah, that's definitely also a good thing in general when it comes to single player games. Because yeah, if you have a good story, then people would be interested in the game. And then if you do something in the series, then it kind of has to like continue on with, with this, where the story left off. I mean, that's how I see it. Yeah. I, I mean, Naughty Dog, I mean, props to them. I believe that they are the best, you know, the best uh, dev team in gaming for at least storytelling. Uh, their game, you know, their gameplay and their uh, stories tend to always be very good. And uh, from what I hear, Uncharted The Lost Legacy is no different. So, I mean, I... I I definitely trust that they're going to treat this very carefully as Uncharted, you know, as I said earlier, is probably one of their most valuable assets. So I believe that they're going to treat it very carefully. Yeah. Um, with Sony as well, they also uh, promoted uh, Destiny 2. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on that? Oh, definitely. I'm a big, I loved Destiny 1. Uh Although it did have a lot of issues, so I'm excited for Destiny 2 uh, for more of the same, but then also better business practices and better storytelling. So Better the, loot systems, please. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, one issue, I was just talking about this with a friend tonight. Uh, one major issue 
in Destiny 1 that Luke Smith, the game director, clarified on today. One issue that the first game had was that you really wouldn't get any worthwhile loot until you were max level. Like that was a reason why it lost a lot of its following fairly early on because you know you couldn't get any exotics or really anything till max level. So um, one thing that uh, is interesting about the second one is that how they're treating exotics. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, I haven't yet, but um, like you were saying with the first one, yeah, I lost interest in the game because of the way uh, you unlock the um, exotic weapons and exotic yeah. uh, armory, and you know it, it's not a great way to play. Um, you could be playing an online match as well, and you could be top of the scoreboard and get nothing. Yeah, it was all completely random. I can't tell you how many times someone on the bottom of the li- on, on the leaderboard would get the best loot, and just be incredibly frustrating. But um, yeah, the way they're treating exotics is. Apparently, um, Luke Smith has elaborated that their plan is to make exotics less, almost less valuable in the sense that there are going to be a lot more of them, but you're going to unlock them more often, which I think is a smart idea. I don't know if any of you saw the uh, thing where they, if you pre-order the game, you would get the new exotic Cold Heart. Um, But I think the idea of making more exotics and making them easier to get is very smart. I think the idea of maybe making it so that even if you're under level 10, there's still an exotic that you can get at that level. I think that it's very smart because it makes it so that there's more loot to get um, and it still gives you the drive to go to a higher level because maybe there's an exotic that you can't get to max level, but there's still guns that you can get in between them because like I said, first game, you could not get anything cool till max level. But you know, if you get throw bones all the way through max level, I think that's a genius idea. So would you oh, say yeah. like the issue with the first one was like like the RNG aspect as well as the grinding well, stuff? Would you say the first one, apart from the grinding, um, it did have quite a few problems, in my opinion. Uh, it was it didn't have a lot of replayability. Like when I first started playing it, I was like, oh, this game is awesome. Um, you know, I love this. Yeah. You know, but it's the same thing over and over again. The missions were exactly the same, no matter what they were. They were just literally the same mission. Yeah, um, that's the thing. OG um, Destiny really had a lot that. of issues. Uh, it really wasn't until the DLC, The Taken King, came out that they fixed a lot of those issues with storytelling and you know adding variety to the missions. But the thing is, is, you can't really, you can't defend the game based on that. You can't say like, oh, it, they fixed these issues, you know, a year later. That was an, that's an issue the game never should have had, and I'm hoping Destiny 2 will be able to fix that. Oh, yeah. Paid DLC should never be a solution for any game. Um, yeah. My yeah, opinion never. is when it comes to um, developers, please strive to be like uh, CD Projekt Red because they release a huge amount of content on launch. They release a ton of free DLC. They fix any problems for free and then paid DLC is literally just that added bonus. You know, you can't be fixing a broken game like Destiny's original one with paid DLC because yeah. a lot of people will lose interest and you got to think like, am I going to pay to fix this game? Yeah. I, I played Destiny all the way um, through, you know, day one to the latest DLC, but, and I enjoyed it, but there was a lot of issues with that business practice because what would tend to happen every year would be 
game would come out and then, you know, within a couple months it would get boring and you would just start, you'd kind of, at least for me, I would take a break from the game until anything else came out. And it would come out and I'd be interested in that for like two months. And there was kind of be, because there was no real set in stone established time frame for more content to come. If you look at a game like, say, Overwatch or Titanfall 2, they have a a good schedule for every couple months there's new content to keep you engaged and keep you playing, whereas Destiny 1 just didn't have that. Yeah, yeah, I like that when they have constant updates every now and then. That, that's, that's, I agree with that. I actually can keep a person to keep playing the game rather than, oh, you just have something like a new update and then you're just doing that. Like, let's say, like, oh, a new Destiny like mission or something comes out and then you're just doing that over and over again and then it kind of loses that replay value kind of like what you mentioned earlier yeah i somehow didn't expect destiny 2 to actually uh, be released because given all the mistakes they actually did with the first one because i haven't played it but from like a side view with everyone going on about how they made such crucial mistakes for the game development i didn't think they would actually take apart to to it to actually try and keep the franchise going so i'm actually pretty excited as well because i i'm more on, on the computer side player so it's good to see that they're actually expanding to the pc as well yeah pc yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm a pc guy myself as well not much of a console player i mean with all the issues destiny one had it still had a butt ton of players like its population was huge well, we just have to hope that the second one, you know, comes out better in the original game instead of fixing it with DLC. But yeah. I suppose you can't really put that down to the developers. You can put it down to the publishers, Activision. I mean, as somebody that uh, played the Destiny 2 beta and alpha, um, I'm def- I definitely feel that they fixed a lot of issues. Especially one big change that they made was... Uh, the multiplayer is now going to have four players instead of six players, which I think is a pretty smart move. But also um, the RNG system, which obviously is just a beta, but uh, the RNG system seems much more rewarding for how how good you did. Uh, yeah, that sounds uh, great, and you know, hopefully yeah, I felt it does as come though, out better. Yeah, I felt as though like whenever I do Crucible, um, if I was at the bottom of the leaderboard, I would rarely get anything. Whereas if I was at the top, I'd almost always get something worthwhile. So hopefully that's something that sticks through to the main game. It isn't just some, uh, you know, beta thing. But yeah, I definitely have a lot of high hopes for this. It should be great. Um, I mentioned Activision. They have uh, World War II uh, Call of Duty coming out as well, don't they? And um, Natwood, you were saying you're a Call of Duty fan? Oh um, yeah! Before not... we continue, yeah, we're gonna we're to pretty much um, done with the Sony topics, and we're gonna go ahead and transition into Activision. I think yeah, we have a transition before we continue on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So I'm not a major Call of Duty fan. I didn't get uh, Infinite Warfare simply because I'm one of the people that is sick and tired of constantly yeah, same. same systems going on, which is kind of funny because you know back in the before. 
Call of Duty uh, Advanced Warfare came out, people were tired of boots on the ground. But nonetheless, uh, three years of kind of the same game coming out. Uh, I think Battle, uh, not Battlefront. I think Black Ops Three was probably the best of the past three Call of Duties. But um, yeah, I definitely enjoy Call of Duty, but I, even the newer ones. But I still, you know, I, I really just enjoy that classic boots on the ground action more than all this space nonsense. What do you think of uh, World War Two? Then uh, do you think that's going to be uh, uh, going back to their roots? Because um, I was a fan of Call of Duty, you know, like when it was Call of Duty Two, Call of Duty Three. You know, that's when I used to play it. That's when I started playing it, and um, that's what drew me in. I think I lost interest around uh, Black Ops One. I enjoyed that, and then uh, Modern Warfare Three. You know, I started to lose interest. So I think going back to the roots might be the solution they need definitely i think that this will definitely bring in a lot of players um if you look at the i mean call of duty is still huge even the like i think the least successful game might be ghosts but i mean it's still sold like a lot like they still made their money back in some more but yeah i definitely agree i think world war ii is a great time frame especially going back to the roots um call of duty four no call of duty three might have been my first intro into gaming, basically, because at the time, when did that come out? Uh, it was like 2007, something like that. Well, yeah, something like that. Well, okay, well, when, maybe it was the first Call of Duty then. Um, when I was like, you know, five or six, my uh, my brothers, my older brothers, were playing it on the computer. And uh, I would watch over their shoulders, and then they would kind of like, you know, secretly when their mom wasn't watching, you know, uh, let me uh, play. And that was kind of like my first intro um, into gaming. So definitely Call of Duty has a special place for that. And I, like, I haven't really had, since I was, I've kind of gotten into a point where I have a deeper appreciation for gaming, there hasn't really been a Call of Duty that's like this, where it's boots on the ground. Like the last one was, was it Modern Warfare 3? What was it? I don't, I don't remember the last one that was really boots on the ground, but... Yeah, I have a lot of high hopes for this game. I think it's going to be great. I think going back to, to its roots is the best thing that they could do at this time uh, with all the hate going on with the jetpack and movement system. I think going back to just boots on the ground classic, you know, World War II action is the best move they can make. Yeah, that sounds a bit more like going towards like the classic FPS approach to it. I, I think that's a good yeah. idea. I agree. Yeah, I've also followed the franchise ever since the beginning, to be honest. Maybe it, it wasn't permitted, but actually one of the first games I played was the first Call of Duty. And yes. I was probably also like, what, seven, eight, somewhere there. My dad was playing it. But yeah, ever since then, actually, I was following it. But uh, it's good to actually, because at some point, I guess um, their audience switched to the more younger side wireless and and for example people like at the age of my dad more adult like wouldn't be interested in that sort of modern high-tech stuff because yeah. in a way it's out of their time and uh, they can relate more to exactly that old school stuff and even even relating to movies like enemy at the gates or uh saving private ryan and stuff like that people can, could relate more to that. So going back to, to the basics, I think it would actually bring back those players as well. Yeah, that's I a great agree. point. Yeah. Yeah, my brother, uh, my older brother, you know, who 
played all the classic Call of Duties recently. He came over for some family get-together. I don't quite remember. And uh, he's in the Marines, and uh, he was – I was showing him the games that we could play. And, you know, there are very limited, you know, split-screen games on the console these days. But I'd say the best one is probably Black Ops 3. And I was showing it to him, and he was like, man, this is just not the Call of Duty I remember. Um, but then recently I told him, like, yeah, they're making a World War II game. He instantly lit up, and I was like, dang, that's that's a game I want to play. So I definitely think that this will bring in, you know, kind of the older generation back to this. Awesome. Yeah, it's being made by Sledgehammer Games, who are responsible for the Modern Warfare games. And I, I would definitely put Sledgehammer Games up there um, as the best developers that Activision is using, although I would probably put uh, Treyarch above them, but they definitely do a lot of good stuff. Have uh, Act Activision announced any other titles worth mentioning? I think that Destiny 2 and Call of Duty World War 2 are the kind of the biggest ones. I I don't I haven't heard anything else really. I think there was also um, Crash the one of the pr new Crash Bandicoot games. I'm not sure if that was oh, part true. of it. Yeah, that did come out. When did that come out? That came out a while ago. Yeah, I think so. It was a while back. What's that? Uh, Crash. Yeah, Crash, yeah, that, yeah, Crash Bandicoot and Saint Trilogy. Yeah, that's been yeah. a, a few months now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't play that at all. Although, uh, Crash Bandicoot, I uh, definitely remember playing hit the racing game with him when I was younger on the... Oh, was it the Crash Nitro Kart? Is that what you were referring to? I don't remember. I just remember him being on the cover. Uh, it was on the... Maybe it was the GameCube? I don't remember. It was a long time ago, though. I just remember I was playing a racing game. It was Crash Niger Kart. It was like on the PS2. It was like a racing game. That's the that's the one I remember. PS2. That's it. Yeah, I started out on the Nintendo 64. as the first console I owned. But uh, when I was like really young, like something like four or five, uh, my uh, my sisters had a uh, PS2. I think, and we only really played the racing game. But yeah, yeah, it looks like that's pretty much uh, all the Activision, what they have yeah. to offer this uh, E3, or not, not E3, Gamescom. Yeah, should we uh, move on to Microsoft? Yeah, let's go ahead and move into okay. the third topic, which is Microsoft. Uh, so, yeah, I am quite a fan of Microsoft, and um, I think anyone really who's a PC gamer as well can uh, be proud of, like, Microsoft, because if you're playing on Windows, you know, you're a Microsoft fan. But, yeah. <laughs> but, so uh, if, you're, if you're on PC, you at least have an Xbox One controller, so you're at most least... Most likely. Yeah. I, mean, I have a 360 yeah. controller, but it's close enough. Yeah, 360, yeah. Um, um, Xbox. But this uh, new Xbox One X, like, all right, I understand Gamescom should be about games, mainly, but the Xbox One X, they are showing out the capabilities that the Xbox One X will have four games, and I think that is pretty damn impressive. This is a massive leap forward in uh, console gaming. It is the most powerful console made, and it will be for a while. What do you think well, of the model uh, of focusing more on the of the hardware as opposed to the software in their lineups? Because no more recently they've focused on, you know, there's Xbox One and Xbox One Slim or whatever, and then the Xbox One S and now the Xbox One X. Yeah, that sounds like an about, iPhone or something. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. What do you think of their <laughs> yeah. focus on hardware rather than software? 
Um, well, they want to integrate all uh, games into this one console. So um, by focusing on the hardware, uh, they are enabling so much uh, backwards compatibility because um, like the hardware is the problem because I don't know what they've done with the Xbox One and the Xbox One S, but you know they had a lot of problems trying to get a lot of stuff backwards compatible. Right. Um, so with the new uh, console now, um, the hardware will be able to handle a lot more and will be able to read so much more. Um, yeah, there's a lot of technical stuff that goes into the actual console itself that I don't understand. But from what I can get is it will just be able to contain a lot more information. Yeah, I've heard uh, Xbox getting a lot of uh, flack for uh, their them not having a whole lot of release titles. For it. although I'm looking at the list right now of of games coming out that will be enhanced by the Xbox One S, and the yeah. bigger titles include Assassin's Creed Origins, Diablo Three, um, FIFA 18, Fallout 4. Um, although I don't know exactly how much they can boost the graphics of that game, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Halo cool. 5, uh, Madden, NFL 18, Minecraft. Okay, that's interesting. Yes. Battlefront 2. Oh yeah, there's like a Minecraft 10, Minecraft on the Windows 10 edition or something. Yeah, yeah, and then Skyrim, The Division, and World of Tanks will all be uh, Xbox One enhanced. So I guess that means probably they'll all be 4K. Um, yeah, so they're I, hoping I to make them all 4K and uh, get them to run in 60 frames per second as well. Yeah, I think it's um, a pretty strong lineup. Yeah, like they're saying, it's not just about um, going forward with uh, future games, it's about um, bringing what they've done forward as well, um, which yeah, I think is but... great, because you always want to go back and play like these older games, and if you can play them in newer graphics, you know, that's a great addition. Yeah, I mean, as somebody that sold my Xbox One for um, other reasons, uh, you know, as someone that will is seriously considering um, getting the Xbox One X, uh, that's a pretty strong lineup. I mean, that's definitely not something that I would complain about if I was getting it. But I guess I can see, uh, considering pretty much all those games, most of the games uh, have already come out, I guess I can see why people would be complaining about that. But, I mean... Yeah, it is kind of annoying. I, I would like to see more uh, future lineups, you know, newer titles, newer games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I sure there will be ones, but I I think they're actually trying to make up for uh was it last uh, when when were they actually announced like two years ago or the PlayStation Four and Xbox One, because uh they back then it was E3 I remember and they took quite a big hit they actually fell from grace like they really kind of lost to PlayStation Four and. Uh, uh, about four years and ago I'm sure, yeah, with the, the X edition right now, they're trying to hit back as well with that. And hence why they're actually enhancing other games. And I'm sure, Aaron, there will be actually future titles that would be, you know, compatible with this. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, they've announced um, the Halo series is still going to go on. Um, they've also got Sea of Thieves. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that looks incredible. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. State of Decay 2 is phenomenal. The first one was amazing on its own, and the graphics for that game were 
you know, poor in a sense. The gameplay was what it was all about, but they have got some fantastic titles coming out. They've delayed Crackdown 3, and uh, a lot of people are upset about that, but um, the spokesperson, I can't remember his name, he said, um, well, we've delayed it because, you know, we don't want to rush it. It's better to delay this game until we can get it what we want than to rush it out now and people hate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, Xbox, I think that it tends to get a bad rap, although I can definitely see a lot of people's issues with it because, you know, I remember it uh, seems as if a lot of their quote-unquote big titles uh, their most recent one of note was probably either Quantum, like their their last like big fall was the one that had two. I think I believe it was 2015, which had uh, Halo 5 and Quantum Break. Um, so I can definitely see a lot of people's issues with them not releasing enough big titles. They tend to be focusing, you know, on Forza and stuff like that. But um, I mean, I think that I mean. I think that they uh, are doing a pretty good job, honestly. Um, did they also yeah. announce something for PUBG? Because I'm reading something about it. Right oh, now. yeah, yeah. I did hear that, actually, that they were going to bring uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds to uh, Xbox One, uh, which uh, I believe is a very smart move. Is it just Xbox, or is it console in general? Cause I, I thought it think was it's only Xbox. I had heard something oh, about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty popular game for PC. Well, is, uh, is it just bringing a lot of, um, PC titles to console? Um, yeah, they have uh, Killing Floor Two coming to console. They have um, White Noise coming to console. You know, like and these have been PC games for a while now. Wait, and I've seen them coming to Xbox. Wasn't Killing Floor? Isn't that Floor Two already on console? I could have sworn uh, it was the free game of the month a couple of months ago. I just know about the original Killing Floor that was like for free for a limited time or something on Humble Bundle. That's how I remember. <laughs> Interesting. Whatever. Not really matter. Let's not get sidetracked. But um, uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think that Xbox could focus more on games. Um, but then again, I mean, if you compare it to PlayStation, like what are see what are their um, what are PlayStation's exclusive games for this year? Do they have any? They had Horizon, and then Uncharted, Lost Legacy. I think that's enough, but honestly, like I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like saying that they've done enough. I like to say like they blew it up. Yeah, these companies can always do more. <laughs> you know, like yeah, they, you can never have enough exclusives. But yeah, um, unfortunately, yeah. quality like, over two games a year is quote unquote enough, and I, I wish it was more than that. They do have the spy? They do have the Spider-Man game coming out uh, either next year or the year after that. So hopefully that's good. But um, yeah, you know, I kind of, I kind of get sick and tired of when they announce these games. You know, they they build up all the hype and they're like, it's coming out in three years. I kind of get frustrated at that because it's kind of like, well, I kind of want to know more about what your plan is for this year. Yeah, like, yeah, they're just relying on on their yeah. fame. They're not actually, you know, putting the work to it. Yeah, yeah, and that could bump down some people or a lot of people actually. Well, I don't know if you guys remember, but like, yeah, it's one of the things I love about Bethesda. Um, they announce like a few months before their release, like Fallout 4. Yeah. They put that um, countdown on their website, and then I think it was like three yeah, or that four was months great. until the release. And everyone's like, oh my God, it's out so soon. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that was the that's honestly like I wish more games did that because I didn't play much of Fallout Four because I'm just you know as I said I'm more of a multiplayer person and the story wasn't quite strong enough for me. But um, I mean, what was there is good, but it's not for me. But like, yeah, the the business model I had of the marketing for that that was great. You know, like one week before E3, they release the trailer, they show it at E3. It's already pretty. It's almost completely finished at that point. It releases like three months later. That was great. I, like that was fantastic. I, I think that yeah, you know, I wish it was more. Anything, it's I like, oh, it's coming. Yeah, I can pre-order it, and I don't have to wait like four freaking years. Yeah, yeah, the build-up yeah. is just so long, and in the end, some people just get tired of it. Yeah, because yeah. Spider-Man game was announced last E3, so that was over a year ago. And at the time, it was going to be it was like three or four years before it released. Like, that's ridiculous. That's just, that's ridiculous. It really felt like they were just trying to figure out something to announce. Like, that was, that was a very disappointing E3. But I, I think that you should announce... I wish that there was like less than i think two years should be the max the absolute max i i think that's like yeah if, worst case. if it's announced and it, i have to wait two years i'm like dang that's terrible but whatever if it's more than that that's like okay this is ridiculous i wish that it was less than one year honestly i wish it was like okay announced at e3 coming early the next year or whatever i think that would be ideal yeah, or if, if it's a big company yeah they should have a long uh they should have a very short-term uh announcement um, like I understand with indie developers, you know, because they don't have the resources or yeah. the, uh, the force, uh, the workforce to do it. But like big companies, um, you know, you shouldn't announce. Like I remember, I was really disappointed when uh, Silent Hills got cancelled, um, and they made this huge announcement for it. They brought out the PT trailer, and you know, like. It was like, oh my god, you know, it's going to be amazing. And it's like, oh yeah, the game's been cancelled now. So it's like, great, you know, you announced this way too early. You should have actually had the game in production before any announcements. Yeah, I feel like there should be like a difference between actually rushing out a game to get it before a release date and then actually just putting, setting like a reasonable date when they would release the game. Because I just feel like in general, we just rush a game, it's going to have like a lot of problems way we take the time and then actually release it at the time what you say like close enough then yeah that'd be yeah. fine it kind of feels like a lot of these companies you know they kind of feel like all right let's announce it and, and then it'll release three years later so we can generate the most hype but what they don't account for is that hype dies hype yeah. dies very fast like my hype oh, yeah. for spider-man is almost completely dead at this point the only thing that rekindled yeah. it was the gameplay that they released but the fact that i have to wait another like year and a half Dude, like that's just ridiculous. Like my hype is gonna be dead by then. Like I'm probably still I'm still gonna buy it, obviously, but like I'm not gonna be nearly as hyped for it. So if you're trying to generate hype, I think that the longer you give between announcement and release, the worse it is for the publicity for it. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Anything else for Microsoft before we move on to the next topic? <laughs> I just realized we were supposed to be talking about Microsoft, and we spent like. 10 minutes talking about Spider-Man this one. I think, Is that even um, from Xbox? Overall, <laughs> <laughs> I think overall with um, Microsoft, though, like, yeah, I'm it would have been nice to see uh, more games from them, but um, in I terms of their console and uh, the yeah. company as a whole, uh, I think they're doing the right thing, um, especially with this Xbox Play Anywhere. You know, if you're a console gamer and a PC gamer, you can 
buy your game and play it on both systems, um, which you know I, I'm a big fan of because sometimes I'm not able to get to my console. So being able to play it on my PC um, will definitely be an improvement for me. And it'll just, you know, they, they're going to build upon this over time and you're going to have a massive library. Also, with Microsoft, uh, they are expanding upon um, their entire library with backwards compatibility, which I'm always a fan of. I've never understood when consoles don't do it. With the Xbox One X, they want to have Xbox One, Xbox 360, and Xbox uh, Original all on the one console, so you can play all your backwards compatible games right there. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I would probably agree with the majority of what you said. Yeah. Bit of a rant. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Yeah, if you guys yeah. don't have anything else to say about Microsoft, I think it's time we can move on. To the next topic, yeah, which is the, the, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the next topic we have is Nintendo. Nice. So I am not a major Nintendo person. I, I love the company. I love their games. But, Same here, uh, man. I did not buy the Switch. I had a lot of hype for that. Like really, the, like a ton of hype. I had the basically I had the money in my hands, ready to pre-order the night of the live stream, and then I saw the live stream, and it was like, man, there is no games coming out. Yeah. But then. Give it a little bit of time. The Gamescom comes up next to it, and they're announcing some great games. So I might have to pull that, pull that uh, wallet out again because uh, they announced several games that I was definitely been waiting for for a long time, such as the one I'm probably most hyped for is the new Metroid. Well, I haven't seen any games in that. Um, well, I, I'm not. I don't follow Nintendo much, but um, with the new Switch console, uh, Breath of the Wild looks amazing. Like as soon as I get the funds, yeah. I'm going to be purchasing a switch and that game like it's a great uh what they've done is they've made me want to buy the console just for one game so if they have some other great games coming out you know that's a bonus so you guys know any coming out or would you recommend gamescom have uh, been announced uh well let's see metroid prime no metroid samus returns is coming to the 3ds uh, that's not you know i'm not much of a handheld gamer type guy um, but uh, I do know, I don't know if they talked about it at uh, Gamescom, can't quite find that, but I do know that at E3 they announced Metroid Prime 4, um, which I have been waiting for for quite a while. Um, Metroid has always been, honestly, I believe, maybe my favorite project that they have, uh, although, because uh, it's not used as much, so you know, when I see Mario in every game, I, they t- tend to kind of get worn out, but Metroid... Man, I'm excited for that. I mean, I looked into Super Mario Odyssey. I don't know if that was announced on Gamescom. Uh, that was. But, oh, yeah, yeah, was. yeah, it looked pretty interesting with the open world kind of stuff going on. It, it was, yeah, looked... you don't really think of uh, of uh, Mario as a open world type character, but I'm very interested to see what they do with that. Yeah, he could be a great open world character game. Uh, you know, like because there's a lot, um, there's a lot of lore in uh, Mario. If you actually read like the original booklet from the first Mario game, it says about like the mushroom people have all been turned evil and stuff like that. So yeah, they could do like a huge game of like RPG elements in Mario. Yeah, I'm very interested to see because you know we haven't really seen a ton. We've seen a little bit. <clears throat> Gamescom, they released a little bit more gameplay. Although still, I'm really interested to see more because uh, what they've shown is very, very intriguing. 
but I don't know. I'm, I'm more interested to see more of the gameplay elements and stuff. Although his hat is rather creepy, I will say that. Yeah, that could be done with that hat. No, <laughs> not a big fan of the hat. <laughs> but considering that's my biggest complaint, I think they did something right. If that's my biggest complaint, is his hat. Yeah. <laughs> They uh, also got the Pokemon releases. Uh, is it re-release of Gold and Silver? Um. Uh, where is that? I see that they were, they announced Pokemon Tournament DX. I, I'm not much of a Pokemon person, honestly. I know. Boo. <gasps> but, um, what really? <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I just never really grew up playing it. Um. I mean, uh, Pokemon Go, you know, I did that, but that's uh, the majority of my experience. Um, I think uh, the uh, I always liked Pikachu, Pokemon. but that was about it. It's yeah, Pokemon Go is like, it was good, but it was like, eh. But, you know, let's just get back on topic here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the new releases for the Pokemon games, um, I think it's like they're re-releasing uh, Moon and Sun and Gold and Silver. But I'm not entirely sure because I'm not that caught up with them these days. Yeah, Pokemon Sun and Moon came out like last year, didn't they? Yeah, the new ones coming out are like Ultra Sun, Ultra Sun, and Ultra Moon. So yeah, I'm like, is that a re-release? Is that a new game? What is that? I don't like it when companies do this kind of thing where they like release the same game twice, but then like you know, there's a little different. I'm always I always get confused. Yeah, like yeah, when they had like I just one with. They just add one word to the title, and it's it's suddenly a whole new game. Yeah, I know that. Uh, so what's it called? Uh, like, uh, what's that fighting game that competes with Mortal Kombat? I don't know, but they uh, they apparently do that a lot, where they like you know they add super to the front, and all of a sudden it's a brand new game. That always frustrates me. Wait, are you referring to Pokémon tournament? No, I'm just saying that. Uh, no, not Tekken. What? Ah, oh, what is it? Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Right. Yeah, they tend to do that a lot where they um well not with the new game, but remember like with like uh Street Fighter like four or something, it, they released like Super Street Fighter four or whatever. But like shortly after it was like the same thing. Yeah, speaking of fight games, did they also say stuff about arms? Arms. Ah, arms. Yes. Um uh, again, I don't have a Switch, so I can't commentate it on it as if I've played it. But what I've seen, it seems like a game that is fun, but sure as heck not worth 60 bucks. Oh, yeah, 60 bucks. I mean, it looks more like maybe maybe half of that, maybe. Maybe, maybe 20 or 30. But yeah. Uh-huh. That was maybe my big issue with the Switch, games. was overpriced games and not enough of them. Uh, isn't the Switch also bringing out uh, Skyrim? Yes, oh, right, that's what I heard, but was that announced too? Did, uh, did, did Skyrim already come out, or is it... No, no, they meant Skyrim on the Switch. Yeah, because I remember that was in like all the commercials for the Switch, but has it released yet? They were like, no, I don't think so, not yet. That is six years old. Yeah, that was... um. Another thing was, uh, I don't really like it when um companies tend to, you know, one of their biggest selling points is... Hey, guess what? You can play this really old game on our console, even though you could already play it on the console you have. So it's kind of like, okay, that's not really convincing me to buy one. Like I already have a PS4, I could just. But um, the 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 Switch idea is very interesting to me. But 
after I heard about a lot of the issues it had, it was, yeah, I ended up getting it. Yeah, I get you. Like, like I said, the only thing that really makes me want to buy the Switch is Breath of the Wild, and um, yeah, like, uh, it's like it's such a high purchase just for one game. Yeah, I mean, I know people that. So, did they do the thing? I remember that they were at one point to do this, where they released Breath of the Wild one month later after it released on the Switch. They released it one month later on the Wii U. Did they do that? I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, I think they, I think they planned on doing that. I don't know, but I knew several people that at least when it, that was the plan, they were planning on getting the Switch one month early just for that, even though they could just wait a month for it to be on the on the Wii U. Like, I mean, these Nintendo fans, they go hard. That, that's it. That's ridiculous, though. Because yeah, if it's on the I, Wii U, I can't imagine it. The hell. Wait, did they also mention anything about um, Fire Emblem Warriors? Uh, yeah, they did a little bit. Yeah, I've never played that um, or any of the those type of games. Where, what is it? Like, what's the kind it's, of gameplay mechanic of it? It's like hack and slash sort of thing, I believe. Cause... Fire Emblem Warriors is a hack and slash action video game developed by Omega Force, Team Ninja, and Intelligent Systems, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, so basically... you just went on Wikipedia. Carry on. <laughs> no, of course not. So yeah, hack and slash like uh, Devil May Cry and stuff like that. You just swing a sword. But uh, they're sort of the the model after like arcade games, like one versus one. But here you have weapons and much more action-packed um, quests and stuff. It's coming out in October. Okay. Be interesting. Yeah, seems very anime. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's totally anime, like all the characters, all different styles. But yeah. So we are talking about Nintendo, mind isn't like all of Nintendo anime. Yeah, I'm not much of Good a. Point. I'm not really a huge anime person, just because I think it's overdone. I don't know. I feel like it seems like every game has a as its thing. But, I mean, I do like the art style in this game, though. This one looks a little bit better than most anime-style games, though. Yeah, I won't mention the mobile version of, of that, but yeah, because I'll be off-topic. <laughs> there was a mobile version of it, though, right? Yeah, there's Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think uh, Nintendo really announced that much. They announced uh, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, which we already talked about, and then... Uh, Pokemon Tournament DX. Um, but yeah, they definitely, they're the biggest part of their show was definitely devoted to Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, they're relying on the more nostalgic titles. I mean, hey, as long as it's a good game, I'm happy. Yeah, for the most part, stuff that's going to be released on the Switch from what I got out of it. Yeah, I think so. I think at this point, they're pretty much done with the Wii U. I mean, they might still release games on it, but I definitely think that they're moving on to the Switch is like, pretty much the only thing that they're going to be providing support for. Of course, I mean, of course, also the D, the DS and stuff, because that's, I believe that's still their most profitable, I believe that's still their most profitable branch of the company, is their handhelds. All right, if, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. You say something? I was just agreeing with uh, what Nat would said. 
Oh, okay, yeah, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next topic, which is EA. Yeah, EA. Um, EA Sports. Is, is it the game? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they still do that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, they are bringing out uh, The Sims 4 for console. And um, I already have it on oh, PC, snap. but Sims I am, 4. I am and quite excited for that. Yeah, and there's also going to be a pet DLC coming for all the platforms. Ooh, that sounds awesome. And yeah. as they said, yes, you can pet the dog. Oh, Delicious. all right. I'm going to go oh, for you, no. guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Need for Speed Payback, they announced that. Um, so we already covered racing games a little bit, but this one... Uh, uh they did announce that as one of their main titles uh it's gonna be kind of a throwback to the uh to the old ones where the you know the cops would get involved um and then also the newer ones but uh yeah that was one of their bigger titles and then they also announced some more battlefield one dlc so do any of you guys play battlefield one no i have not but i've seen some gameplay like on somebody's streams and stuff it is amazing um it's it's a huge improvement over the last two battlefields. Uh, what's the DLC that they've announced? I'm uh, looking into that now. I believe one is Incursions and the other Revolution, but oh, cool. I'm I'm kind of not acquainted with the overall story, so I don't know how they'll expand on with those two. Yeah, I personally don't play Battlefield One, or at least I don't own it anymore. Um, I uh, mainly played it at a uh, um, on not my own console. I played it with a guy I was with for a while. Uh, who I was living with for a while. We're not living with, hanging out with. But uh, so I don't have a whole lot of experience with the game. Well, um, I only recently started playing it because uh, this kind of ties in with um, what Microsoft are doing and EA. EA have the uh, Games Access Pass, which um, Sony passed up on and is one of the most popular purchases for EA. Um, you get games put into a vault every year, um, and some are quite recent, like Battlefield 1 just got put into it, and that hasn't even been out a year. Um, and yeah, they keep putting in the games, uh, EA games keep being added to that vault, and it costs like 20 British pounds a year, so I think that's like what, $35 a year. For a bunch of games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, new DLC is Revolution, I believe. Right. Oh, I yeah. remember seeing something about that. Just for clarification's sake. But, um, yeah, what have the past DLCs been like? Uh, do any of you have experience with those? No, I, have, I don't. Uh, no, but they, they do tend to be decent. You know, they release, like, a bunch of new maps and um, expand upon the game a bit. Like, for the price that they're charging, they're not worth it, but they're better than some other games' map packs. Nice. So was there anything else besides Battlefield 1? Um, yeah, uh, The Sims 4, but, you know, we already talked a little bit about that. Um, their biggest um, project is definitely Battle Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, right. which I am very excited for. I think everyone's excited for that. Of course. 
I played the first one, and uh, as most people, was fairly disappointed. I thought the gameplay was fantastic. Um, I thought the graphics were incredible. Um, but, you know, there was no single player. What was there What was there was very repetitive. There wasn't enough diversity in the game modes and maps. Yeah, there really, the just, was, was there really just wasn't there wasn't like any single player content and what was there was just not very fun. And as someone who grew up playing, you know, the original battlefront games, um, it really was just, it really was just lacking that, that aspect. Cause one of the best parts of battlefront uh, back in the day was the fact that it was like so fun to play with your friends, uh, you know, couch co-op type stuff. And there was a little bit of that in battlefield one, but it was really lacking in very lackluster. Uh, you mean Battlefront, but yeah, um, totally, it is completely lacking, and it has um, one of the major problems with Battlefront 1 was the DLC paid for maps, um, and yeah. you know, you paid for a lot of the characters as well, and people don't want to be paying for that, yeah. um, so in this one now, it's all free, there's going to be no, yeah. um, no pay maps, no pay characters, but there are a lot of microtransactions. Of course, you can't have a de- game these days without having microtransactions. Yeah, so but, you yeah. can't hide from that. It's always going to happen for the yeah, most yeah. part. Back to uh, what you were saying, though. Like, yeah, the first one, uh, was first coming out, and you know, it was charging like what, what, like fifty bucks for the DLC for the for the you know whatever DLC pack. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to wait see what's in it because uh, this seems like a very shady endeavor. And it ended up being yeah. pretty disappointing. Recently, it was on sale, like the you know the ultimate edition or whatever. It came with all the DLC. It was recently on sale yeah. for like ten bucks on PlayStation Four. So I was like, okay, I'll get that. So I bought it. And um, what I can say is that it was a great deal for ten bucks. But uh, for whatever it was, a hundred bucks originally, dang, I would have been very upset if I had spent that amount of money. Like yeah, the same. maps, maps were cool, but still, it was. I think the Death Star map was very cool, but I mean, it was really just like a new map of the same, it was just, you know, a different colored version of the same stuff. And the heroes were very, I felt very disappointing because there were so many heroes they could have made that would have been cool, and yet they didn't. Like, it was all like Greedo and that guy, that guy, Need Nub or whatever, the fish guy from episode six that not many people know his name. There's a lot of these very insignificant characters who were all kind of felt the same. Um, if they added characters, say like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi or I don't know, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Yoda or I don't know, something like that. It could yeah, his name been, is Yoda. Yeah. 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 Um, something more. Cause like there were two lightsaber wielding people in the game out of all eight heroes or whatever, eight heroes and villains that ended up being it two people with lightsabers. That's ridiculous. That was uh, quite annoying. And um, I was annoyed at the fact that it was only the uh, original trilogy because it was like, come on now, yeah. you know, you've already done Battle- Battlefront 1 and 2 in the other games. You know, you could just shove it all into one game now. And that's what they're doing with uh, Battlefront 2. But that's what they should have done originally. Yeah, they. it definitely feels like they are kind of you know it definitely feels like this should have been the game that they made in the first place but i'm very happy that they're you know fixing a lot of the issues that people had of them i'm not very annoyed at the whole microtransaction thing as long as it's kept to what say overwatch or destiny did 
which is all cosmetic stuff. Nothing that yeah, really uh-huh. affected the game. I no think as long as it's kept to that, it's all good. As, but if they start to go the route of Call of Duty, I'm going to be very upset. You know, Call of Duty, you know, you buy whatever supply drops or whatever, and you have a small chance of getting those guns that are crazy overpowered. That's just very – That's. I think that's the shadiest business practice in the entire gaming industry right now. And I really hope they don't go that route. Yeah. Wait, referring to the fish guy from that one meme? Or, or is there no, I else? think his name is Nia Nub. He was flying the Millennium Falcon in episode 6 with uh, Lando Calrissian. Oh, I thought you were referring to Admiral Akbar. He's like, it's a trap! <laughs> no. It's a trap! Uh, no, I know who you're on about now. Okay, it's somebody else. All right. just make that, that's clarified. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely, like, uh, like you were saying, I, I think that if the first one, if they included the prequel stuff, it would have been a much better game. I'm very glad that they're including stuff from all eras in this game. You know, you got uh, the original Trilogy 4, 5, and 6, and one, and prequels, and now the, uh, what are we calling well, seven, eight, and nine. 1, 2, 3, or something? What are, we, what are we calling those? The sequels? What are they? Uh, 1, 2, 3 would be the prequels, and then 4, 5, 6 yes, would I be get... the original trilogy. Well, no, I think 4, 5, and 6 are the original trilogy, so I think that 7, 8, 9 are going to be considered the sequels, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, the yeah I think yeah. they're sequels. Yeah, yeah okay. And so, uh, any know. maps from them will be yeah. Uh, free. Um, yeah, all the maps, all that stuff, it's great. Um, EA also, um, you know, uh, helped with uh, Titanfall 2, and they had a very similar DLC system, which was, I think, I think it, Titanfall 2's technique for doing their DLC might be the best we've had in gaming in quite a while. Every couple months there'd be an update with... Uh, you know, a free something, free map, free a new game mode, new guns, new titans, something. Uh, so it always had you coming back. I really hope Battlefront Two can can do that as well. I think it will. I'm just going to give them a little bit of faith because Dice, uh, Dice, sorry, uh, Dice make uh, amazing games when they try. So, you know, yeah, yeah, you'll just give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I almost wonder if they were trying to push out the original Battlefront so that they could get it out in time for the movie. I wonder, I wonder if that played a part in it. It could Probably. totally be possible, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that has to be a little bit of it. I think EA was probably pressing them to get it out cause while the... Because, you know, I mean, whether that game was great or not, it was going to sell at gangbusters because Star Wars was at a... Yeah, the hype was, was really The hype happy. was higher for Star Wars than it's like ever been. I think that was probably the most hyped up brand that there's ever been like at that time period um, with episode seven coming out. So I, I definitely am very happy that they listened to the community and decided to capitalize on it. The campaign looks very promising um, with uh, what's her name? Idian Verso or what Versio or whatever with the uh, Inferno squadron. I think that's a great idea to have it on the point of view of the, of the empire. I think that's a very, and it's also a very interesting story that I've wanted to see set in between episode six and episode seven. I think it's a very good story to be told. Um, and the gameplay I've seen so far looks great. Um, so let's just, you know, just hope that, uh, it all delivers. Yeah. I really wish for that franchise to succeed. So we'll see. Yeah, All we could do is hope. Yeah. Yeah, I like Star Wars. I like the 
original trilogy and I played like the demo for the first Battlefront, the original one on PS2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, that was a, those were some great games. Classics. Yeah, Battlefront 2. I still play it um, on PC. Yeah, uh, I uh, got that on my uh, one of my old older laptops. I was uh, playing that the other day, and it definitely uh, doesn't quite hold up. You know, but those games never do. Uh, but, I mean, still classic. Still loved it as a kid. And still love it to this day. Um, but, yeah, I would probably say that that, uh, e, that Battlefront 2 is definitely close to being my number one anticipated game for this year. Cool. Did uh, EA have uh, any other titles, or should we move on to a couple of miscellaneous ones from uh, different companies? Yeah, I think we could talk a bit about some miscellaneous titles before we call it. <laughs> you sure we can touch on that? A uh, couple that I am looking forward to personally are um, The Evil Within 2 from Bethesda. Um, visually, looks like such a great achievement, um, and I quite enjoyed the first one. Uh, there's also um, Far Cry 5 from uh, Ubisoft, and... Um, I can't think of any more. Assassin's Creed Origins by Ubisoft as well. Yeah, that looks great. Um, I'm glad that they took the couple years off. Um, Assassin's Creed was definitely definitely past its expiration date, I feel, of people getting tired of it. And uh, I think taking the two years off is a great idea. And it's I'm happy to see that they're innovating and making it a different game based in a different well, time period. Uh, I think it looks pretty good. Well, yeah, they were doing like yearly yearly releases and um it loses a lot there yeah when you do that even though they they did the same with far cry as well like they totally said that for example far cry 4 and Far cry primal were copy paste like some zones were seriously copy paste and just retextured but they're also like doing a nice comeback with the fifth one now as well. So everybody's looking forward to living up the expectation because Ubisoft aren't generally a bad company, but they were really trying to milk the franchises at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I completely agree. You know, uh, like you said with Far Cry Primal, it, a lot of that is kind of a copy and paste job. And I enjoyed the game, but there isn't a lot in content to it. And yes, yes, exactly. The dialogue is very weak because it's all in um, like a made-up language. Yeah. Um, and in case it is actually a language that I'm offending someone right now, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it's lacking in a lot of areas and it's like you could have put more effort into this, guys. What other uh, miscellaneous titles were there out? I actually um, got over this game, God's Trigger, which really looks like um, it's a co-op action game, but it has like this uh, third-person view of sorts above in the map. And it's actually pretty interesting for a game genre to be actually making it out. It's go And it's going to actually come out for the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and even the Nintendo Switch. So uh, check it out because it's pretty interesting. What's it called? Oh, that seems cool. God's Trigger, yeah. 
it's a uh, it the gameplay looks pretty nice and it's kind of like you know something different that's been offered to what's been offered recently there is one more game as well while i remember life is strange before the storm oh yeah right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm currently doing the playthrough of the first one but yeah it's it's actually a prequel to to the already come out like they have confirmed oh, really? separately yeah they've confirmed separately uh life is strange 2 which seemingly it's supposed to take it like maybe after the events of the first one but this one specifically will be a prequel to the first game and it's going to be three episodes well and i mean yeah, if um, life, life is strange is all about i mean there's a lot of time travel in that right yeah yeah that, that would be a, that would kind of be an interesting realm to explore would be um the relationship it being a prequel but not being a prequel i always like it yeah, when, when well, people do confusing stuff like that i think dabbling in that um, field is yes but there's a caveat to it because um basically that's like a superpower that's um coming out of the character of the specific person so basically the main character of the first one has that only while the main character of the prequel now like it, it's not something oh, are that they different characters yeah yeah like we know her from the first one but this time the spotlight is going to be on her and because uh, she was like a secondary character and now she's going to be the main one and yeah you're referring to chloe right yeah yeah like yeah, yeah they're, they're, your first character that you're referring to is um max yeah and yeah she's the yeah. main one in the first life is strange you yes rachel in the prequel don't you if um, oh, yeah yeah you get to um see rachel on the in the prequel as well yeah, yeah i never like... played through the uh life is strange although i did watch the gameplay i just uh didn't really feel like I wanted to necessarily buy the game and play through it, but I was definitely very interested, so I ended up watching a walkthrough of it. And it was definitely very beautiful storytelling. I was, yeah, I I've played it, and it was pretty interesting. I liked the storytelling, and then the fact that there's a lot of decision making. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, I I'm, might uh, like it to the prequel. For Life is Strange too, um, because I want to see. I've completed the first one, and I want to see the continuation, but. Um, yeah, this uh, prequel, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it because it's a very choice-based game, so it can't affect too much because it would affect the first game. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, on the fence it's always, about. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a uh, hard place to work in is the prequel territory. Um, we uh, saw with Star Wars that it can be a very interesting outcome if you're not too careful. You don't want to Jar Jar in this... Uh, in this game <laughs> yeah because at the end of life strange you you do have to make you know a pretty important decision and it's going to be interesting how it's actually gonna even though i don't uh it's probably going to uh evolve around rachel because she kind of you know she she's disappeared in the first game and yeah yeah we're going to see that lead up to her disappearance probably while yeah uh what happens with chloe uh it's kind of already you know uh seen in the first one so yeah we're just going to see everything through her eyes 
and she doesn't have the power to rewind time. That's oh, yeah, like that's going to be more challenging. Be <laughs> yeah. It will be interesting. Yeah, because if you make a decision, yeah. you can't really go back and change it. Yeah, exactly. It's going to add to replayability more than... <laughs> it might force you to do a replay. It's <laughs> it would, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. Or just imagine, like, misclicking some line option and you're just like, no, I wanted yeah, the other Yeah, you get the one. bad ending. <laughs> yeah. Permadeath. Definitely. Oh, no, no, no permadeaths, please. <laughs> die, you're going to start the whole game over. Oh, that'd be a bummer. Wow, that'd yeah. be something. Any other titles? Uh, I don't really think that there are. Oh, Ubisoft uh, brought along the Fractured Butthole from uh, oh, South Park. Yeah. South Park, yeah. South Park yes. Yeah. Um, South because they still haven't released that goddamn game. Wait, yeah, really? Yeah, speaking of building up, Wasn't yeah. that announced at like 2015 E3 or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's, it's ridiculous really? how long it's taking. I don't really care about that title in particular, but dang, that that frustrates me when any game takes that long to release. Come on. Yeah, but we already ranted about they like building it up, so. Yeah. Is that one a bit similar to The Stick of Truth, or is that one something else? Yeah, it's the sequel to the, um, it's not really a sequel, but it's like, it's like The Stick of Truth. Okay, so it's like the continuation of that? Yeah, it's like the next game in the series. Oh, okay, all right. It does There's... look like it'll be fun because it's based on like superheroes um, and it takes the mick out of like Civil War and Batman v Superman. So that would be really fun. Yeah, so there so, would be like. What is the gameplay like in those games? It is kind of like uh, an RPG, RPG kind of feel to it. Yeah, RPG based fighting. But um, they are quite fun as well because it's very comical. And uh, yeah, I, I love the Stick of Truth. All right, let's see if there's any more that we can think of for any other miscellaneous titles. So we'll go ahead and get into final thoughts. So, like, any final thoughts you guys got from any of the topics that we discussed earlier? Anything at all? Um, yeah, um, I'd say that this Gamescom is... Uh, I'm pretty impressed with it. Um, I think that the biggest takeaway would have to be Battlefront, the gameplay that they showed from that. I'm definitely very impressed. The space battles looked very cool. Um, I don't know. If, did, did you guys see the gameplay for that? No, I haven't. It's very impressive, actually. Um, one, uh, like it looks like there's more diversity in the hero ships. You know, in the first one, there were only two ships that you could get as like hero ships, which is the slave the one and the lane of falcon. Isn't it? Um, those two are in this, but also there are like two or three other ones, which is Darth Maul's slave, uh, Sith interceptor. Um, and then Poe Dameron's X-Wing. And the cool thing about the new hero ships is that they all have their own special ability. Like, uh, my personal favorite is the Slave Ones. Like, you know the scene in Episode 2 when the Slave One, like, dropped the seismic charges behind it? You know, like, wah, wah. Like, you know that scene? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they have those, and it's possibly, like, the coolest sound I've ever heard in the game. Because you hit it and then it like drops behind you, and then 
as soon as it like explodes, all sound in the game stops for like half a second. It's just like all silent for a second. And then all of a sudden it just goes like, you know, like the like sound. And it's just, uh, it's so, such a satisfying sound. Um, and then uh, Darth Maul's Sith Interceptor can turn invisible. And then uh, Millennium Falcon's like, I think it's called like Overdrive or something. And it makes it so like it does more damage. And then Poe Dameron's, uh, I think it like highlights enemies or something. But yeah, all of the ships have... They're all much more diverse, and looks like the gameplay elements are going to be a lot more fun. So I would definitely say Battlefront is, is uh, my highlight and takeaway from Gamescom. Right, now you convinced me to look into the prequel now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Although I wouldn't recommend watching episode two. Um, or you could just do what I do, which is skip every scene that Hayden Christensen is. And uh, <laughs> just follow uh, Ewan McGregor, which... Uh, oh, uh, did you guys hear about the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie being released? No, I haven't. Yes, they need they need yeah. to get Ewan, Ewan McGregor back for that. Yeah, dude. Like, if they, uh, do, not, if they do not like, get do Ewan McGregor, I am going to be so mad. I will go to Lucas Films and yell. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I saw a hilarious thing of people saying like uh, on Twitter or something like, "If Ewan McGregor isn't cast, we're we're going to go hashtag not my Kenobi," which I thought was <laughs> Because uh, of the but, time uh, frame as well, it's perfect. It's I like, know. look, he's literally the right age. Yeah, he, he's he was Obi Wan. Do it. He was great he, as Obi Wan. Everyone that. loves him. He wants to do it. Literally perfect. If they do not get him, I swear to God, I'm going to be so mad. I do not know. I I would do something. I, yeah, I'd be down to watch do that something. movie, man. I, I I'd be down. Yeah, like the, it, it looks. I, I think it's going to be pretty good. Although one thing I'm curious about is who is the villain going to be. I, I would root for Boba Fett, honestly, to be Darth Maul. Darth Maul's uh, already dead. I'm not saying any spoilers. <laughs> oh, oh, spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah, spoiler. Yeah, huge Sorry. spoiler, man. Yeah, no, but well, um, it's been they could do months. the Darth Maul continuation um, uh, story. Rebels but, season. Yeah, three. I haven't seen Rebels, but yeah, okay, well, all I know is Darth Maul's I, in it. I, I'm fairly certain that they would not go that route for that movie. Um, but a lot of people I've heard saying, "Oh, they should do Darth, Darth Vader," and I'm like, no. That would so take away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> technically, he could. It, technically, in the story, they never outright say that he did it. But I think that that would vastly take away from the fight that he had with Obi Wan and the Death Star because it would definitely it would take away from it if they had already seen each other since the Mustafar encounter. Because part of like the powerful, the powerful part of that fight scene is that that was the first time they saw each other since the Mustafar battle. So, I think that I think Boba Fett would probably be the right choice, but yeah, I'm hyped for that. Jay, Truth, any uh, final thoughts on what we've discussed? I'll, I'll let you guys go first, and I'll, I'll have the last say in this. <laughs> ah, I see. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just summarize that uh, it's good to see that most of the developers have actually taken notes from. Uh, and feedback you know from their fans and actually we're seeing many returning titles but actually reworked and updated with better gameplay and mechanics so um really this gamescom sets uh high expectations in all of us so we we have to see their titles yeah that's cool yeah definitely um i think uh yeah i'm Pretty hyped for a few games, uh, but I'm most hyped for Xbox One X. Um, 
mainly because I want to see what these enhanced games will look like. I think it'll be uh, quite different and um, quite fun to see. But um, yeah, the, a lot of the developers have really shown a lot of promise at this year's Gamescom, and um, I hope that they follow through on what they plan to do. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I'm hyped to see what uh, what uh, Xbox One X does with that. Yeah, for me, I haven't looked much into like the Xbox or like the PS4 stuff. I'm mostly into like PC stuff. Um, I looked at some like stuff, maybe like stuff Blizzard's gonna announce something. I don't know if they did already, but I'm I'm a fan of Blizzard um, and their games like Overwatch, Hearthstone. Yeah. Um, some of the Nintendo stuff is pretty good as well. It looks promising. I don't have the Switch or the, the DS, but they have some pretty cool games like ARMS, um, Super Mario Odyssey, and then they have Splatoon 2. I, I've, I think that was mentioned earlier, but yeah, that looks pretty good too. Yeah, I agree. Nintendo, um, I think that their lineup has potential. Anything else? I, I don't think I got much out of it other than Nintendo and and been with some of the other miscellaneous stuff like Life is Strange. I like the Life is Strange stuff. I'll probably look into yeah. the prequel. If I'm able to I think still you can still pre order, right? Or is it too late for that? There's still pre order. It it comes out on the thirty first this month. Thirty first of oh, August? Cool. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Hopefully I can get it. Yeah. Yeah, with that said, that concludes episode 12 of Moro's Podcast. I'd like to thank Natwood, Saturday, and Aaron Board for joining me in this podcast today. Thanks. It was great to be here. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is like one of the longest episodes so far. I think we're a little under hour and a half. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a broad topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, broad. Exactly. And if you enjoy what you're listening, if you're watching, feel free to like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And also feel free to check out Mixcloud. I have um, audio episodes on there as well. All the links are in the description below, as well as the links of my guests and their social media. And with that said, take care, have a great day, and let the morals be with you.